Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Hello everyone, I am Katie Patrick, joined by David Firazzo, the Hi. man who does not change. He does not Don't change. Don't go changing. Yep. And we're going to drop a little, just a little knowledge on you today, everyone. Before we get started, just a quick mention that we are building our following on Twitter, Elon Musk's platform. So if you spend some time on there, please search for Freedom Project and give us a follow. We post full episodes of the show as well as other shorter clips throughout the week to keep all of you informed. And we're going to inform you right now about a 22-year-old high school basketball coach in Virginia, or should I say former basketball coach, <laughs> because she was fired and all she did was impersonate a 13-year-old player during a JV basketball game. Explain this yeah. one to me, so, David. So, uh, 22-year-old, and she's... How do you get away with impersonating a 13-year-old? Well, she thought she could do it, but it was a high school basketball coach. Uh, she's in Virginia. She has been fired, as Katie mentioned. She impersonated a 13-year-old. Her name is Arlisha Boykins, and she was a an assistant coach on the Churchland Junior Varsity Girls basketball team in Portsmouth. And suited, she suited up for, I guess they're called the truckers, while a, a teenage student athlete was out of town at a club basketball tournament. Um, so the parents of the girl told the TV station there locally. So in the, we're going to get to some footage, and we're talking about this a little bit more. This is one of those, we had one of those stories where, remember that, that old 45-year-old went, went to college or something? Oh, yeah. Remember that? We mm -hmm. did about that. Anyway, let's watch this video. We'll come back. Scandal on the court in Virginia in this junior varsity girls basketball game with a coach posing as a player. The biggest thing that we heard that, that we felt disappointment. The player in the black jersey wearing number one with the slick moves, scoring baskets, and high-fiving other players was no player at all. She's Arlisha Boykins, a member of the Churchland Truckers coaching staff. Boykins suiting up and playing as if she were a student in a weekend game against the Nansemond River Warriors last month. When, when adults commit to being a coach, they take on a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Adults who fail to live up to those expectations fail our students. Portsmouth Public Schools District says the game was held at Nansemond River and no Churchland administrators were there, saying they immediately investigated when it was reported. The fallout leading players on both the junior varsity and varsity girls teams to call it quits. Wow, now that's the sad part of the story. True. So you've got some, some girls quitting over the matter, but I mean, Katie, help me understand how she thought this would be a good idea. Well, it's not even just her thinking it's a good idea because she's 22 and that well, the you're kids, an adult the, at 22. You should know better. Yeah. But then it was not just her. Oh, the, wait a minute. The varsity minute, coach. You, you said 22 and adult. I'm not Yeah, I know. Sure. They're supposed in, to be an adult. But, in today's. But the varsity coach was encouraging this to happen. And the varsity coach also was canned, <laughs> rightfully so. <laughs> What's so sad to me on this is why she thought she needed to do it. And how it, is it that the girls on the team went along with it to like, I would have said, no, I'm not even going on the court. I mean, I guess at their age, 14, uh, 15 year old girls, where they though. peer pressure, it's not even their, their peers, it's the coach. It's yeah. like the coach <laughs> pressure. So the, the fact that they 
I just want to know what's in their heads that whole game. Like, oh, do we have to pass it to our coach? Is she going to coach us during this whole thing? And what they thought about that. And it didn't look like there were a lot of people in the stands. But still, didn't any of the parents in the stands immediately go, timeout, that's not a child. I mean, she acts like a child, clearly, but that is not a child. None of them thought, be like, wait a minute, that's a JV coach. Hello, can we time out on this? Time out technical? Let's call it T, technical? No? No one thought of this? Yeah. It's really odd. Um, Maybe there weren't that many people there. But still. Maybe maybe the refs weren't paying attention. The refs weren't paying attention. The fact, this was a whole orchestrated thing. And, And like you said, yeah, with the girls quitting, good that they quit, but also sad that they quit. Because they have to quit because an adult let them down. Their stuff is, like, their season is ruined because an adult let them down. Why did they need to play the game? Could they not have postponed it? Did they not have enough players? Why, why, why do you feel the need for a junior varsity basketball game that you have to cheat? Why? That's what I want to know. Well, I'm going back to that first part of the story where one of the teenage student athletes was out of town at another tournament, apparently, uh, but let's go toward the end of the article. It says the, this particular girl, another girl on the team, the girl's family told the local station that their daughter is no longer interested in attending the high school next year and will pursue another school over this. There must be more to it than, than just a 22-year-old assistant coach playing a game on the, the JV team or whatever. But the uh, junior varsity players and parents chose to forego the remainder of the season and not play any more games over this. I'm thinking, well, I mean, I know this is an odd story, but why the scandal not to play for the rest of the girls, the rest of the kids, the rest of the student body, whoever liked girls basketball, you're going to cancel the rest of the season well, or something that just part, doesn't make part sense. Part of it this. could have to do with they don't have coaches now because the coaches are the ones who were in the wrong and they are now fired. That's a good so point. So there could be no one to coach them. Mm. We don't know the circumstances of how this 22-year-old even became an assistant coach. Most of the time, especially if you're talking like at, at the high school level, it would be a gym teacher or honestly the social studies teachers tend to be the coaches of the various sports. So was this 22-year-old a associated with the school to begin with or was she not was she just a, a basketball coach like that she came in from the outside that very well could be they maybe couldn't find anyone else to coach so apparently this 22 year old took it upon herself to then relive her glory days out on the court trying to beat up metaphorically on the court yeah. some other girls was it worth it or Alicia? Was yeah, it? there's, there's got to be so much more to this. But the last line in the article, the school is currently investigating the incident. Of course, there's got to be a lot more to it than what we know. But still to come, a high school freshman in Georgia unleashes a brutal attack against her teacher in class. And all students do is pull out their phones and cheer. That's next. I really hate these stories, yeah. and we have them too often. Yep. I hate these stories because we're talking about, and we're going to see, unfortunately, visual evidence of a student and a teacher in an all-out assault. And what happens, it's not just what the two main actors, I guess you will say in this incident, the teacher and the student, are doing. It's what everyone else around them is doing or not doing. Oh, and gosh. it's And it's 
way greater than the basketball story and no one said anything initially like no one said hey that's an adult who shouldn't be on the basketball court in this case it's all the students and even somewhat depending on the angle of the video when you watch uh, you can see teachers or adults seemingly kind of standing away from it some of them tried to get involved some of them didn't seem to be but again we're just going to talk about, and you're going to watch, and I'm warning you now, if you don't want to see this, look away, or if you have kids, the violence that is about to ensue. Um, it happened at in Georgia at the Heritage High School in Conyers, which is in Rockdale County. Um, authorities are investigating the assault. Let's take a look. You're not going to talk to me like that. You better not play in my face right now. You need to give her a Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh my god. Oh my god. So Katie, it's like, oh my, you know, oh my, oh my, they're, they're filming. Oh my, oh my, oh my, oh my, oh my. Oh my. Oh my. look at that, look at that. Oh my, this is going to look great on TikTok. Look at this. Oh my, oh my, oh, I'm going to get a lot of hits on this. Yep. A lot of likes. Oh my, oh my. Mm-hmm. This, this is, is what they do. It is astounding. It really is. Well, and this, this part of this makes me, this is an example of what makes me in favor of cell phones being banned. Because if they in didn't the schools, have, in, yeah. the, in the school, in the classroom, yeah. during class period time. Yep. Because you actually saw there was two different videos that, and there could have been many more that we would have found, but the, the one that was in the classroom and then that was the one that was outside the classroom. And interestingly enough, if you watch the entire clips of both of them, the one that's in the classroom, you actually see the video of the kid who's taping the one that you'll see in the next video, which is outside the classroom in the hallway. But to the story specifically in the actual assault that happened, um, you can see that the teacher is calling for assistance and then the student knocks her cell phone out of her hand because the teacher was trying to call for assistance and she gets knocked onto the floor and you see the teacher does push the student back, but the student is screaming, you're not going to talk to me like that. You're not going to talk to me like that. And the teacher is walking out of the classroom and the student closes the door, but obviously the teacher is trying to attempt to reopen the door and then that's what, where the student pushes her and the teacher says, do not put your hands on me. Right, and the student says, "I'm gonna fixing to start a swinging. I'm fixing, like, oh, I'm to, fixing start to start swinging. swinging." And then obviously you saw as the student began to strike the teacher, knock her, hit her on the floor in the hallway, and then more people kept videoing it and yelling and giggling and all that, and really not oh. doing anything to try to stop it. Because I'm gonna be honest with you, that student doesn't look that intimidating to me. Like you could take her out pretty, pretty good. Just take a shoulder. She would go down. Just saying. Now, according to uh, the Rockdale County Sheriff's Office, the agency is actively investigating this incident. And once there's a decision to charge either party, the Rockdale County Sheriff's Office will take the proper steps. Um, according, again, to the office, uh, the teacher was injured and is recovering. And the student was a ninth grader who was detained and taken to a juvenile facility. And as a juvenile under Georgia criminal law, her name will not be released. A GoFundMe account has been actually set up for the teacher, and it had collected more than $3,300 within the first four days because the person who created this GoFundMe wrote that the injured teacher had been hospitalized with knee and leg injuries. And that's and what we didn't see. We, we saw didn't a lot see of that hair part. pulling and face. But, but you do see it in the second video, if you watch the entire thing, where she's like says... <laughs> 
my leg is broken or like she thought oh. her leg was broken at the time. Okay, right. But she, that. so she has knee and leg injuries. Jeez. She's going to require, it's going to require a rehab um, before she can return to work. And don't worry. She's a language arts, arts teacher, teacher who's been there for 27 years, 27 years, 27 years. And Oh, but you missed one of this. I know you were going to get to this, but I want to share it on the day of the attack. She was reportedly covering the classroom of another teacher who was absent. Mm, yes. Oh yes, my yes. goodness. Yes, but as, as always, the best part is from the school's response. There you go. All right, <clears throat> get ready. Katie, go ahead. Rockdale County Public Schools is investigating an incident <laughs> where a student allegedly attacked a teacher during class today. RCPS does not tolerate student violence towards any staff members. Students who harm other students or staff will be disciplined according to our Student Discipline Code of Conduct and will be appropriately charged by law enforcement. We will adhere to personnel and student privacy laws in this matter. I bet you will. I bet you will. Nice because disclaimer. This is, this is exactly, <laughs> this is what is said by every single school, every single time. And what is in, actually in their Student Discipline Code of Conduct? And what is their definition of appropriately disciplining you know, these students? I just want to say for some of our more mature audience out there, and I'm being kind, right, when it comes to age, um, many of us have been out of school for a long time. But back in those days, if a student were to even disrespect a teacher, they would be sent out immediately. If they would get violent or cuss at a teacher, they'd be... Can you imagine 25 to 50 years ago, a student hitting just once, laying his or her hand on a teacher? First of all, there was a little bit of uh, discipline back then that you were allowed to do as a teacher. Now you can't touch the students, but this that's how, what, what changed? We don't what allow changed, for self-defense right? anymore. Yep. 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 Well, anyway, coming up, a transgender teacher in Maine is fired after directing sixth grade students to follow his TikTok account filled with inappropriate content. We're discussing that next. True story. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at MyPillow. Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding, towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, -E educated. Support this show and a great American company. Well, okay, I guess now it's not only our teachers who are doing things that uh, shouldn't be accepted in schools. It's also our substitute teachers. Yeah. We can't <laughs> even get people who are in there just for a little bit of time to, like, follow the, the lesson plans that were left for them because we have a transgender substitute teacher who thankfully now has been fired uh, because he shared salacious TikTok videos of himself with his sixth grade students. And um, you're not going to... Salacious. You're... It doesn't... We're going to show you a, a video, but it's... It, I'd look away if I were you, just because, but it's it's not as bad as what could have been shown. Well, gosh, that's such a nice thing to say. Um, you know, I just got out of the shower, so I thought I would record a little TikTok, because just, like I said, nice to see. That's just yeah. gross. That's just, like, anyway. Yikes. Uh, his name is Lydia Lemire. 
He's a substitute teacher at King Middle School, or was, at King Middle <laughs> School in Portland, Maine. And he was m- removed, thankfully, from the classroom um, because students had actually been sharing his social media posts. Oh, gosh. Well, how would they know to find him? Oh, David, what did he do in the classroom? Oh, he must so have that, told the students he must to, have, oh, to check him out ju- on Yeah, and not just media. told them because, you know, you need that visual. So he actually wrote his TikTok handle on the whiteboard in front of the class. So it was up there all day. Sixth grader staring yep. at the board all day. What do you think? Oh, what's that? And um, discussions. He also had discussions of BDSM mm-hmm. yes. on his page. Of course, because TikTok... We- it, He's crying for attention. As yeah. in the video we just saw, crying for attention. Because who just gets out of the shower and decides, oh, I'm just, oh, I thought I'd just go on my TikTok and put, oh, here I am, just out of the shower. <laughs> crying for attention. Crying. Well, uh, apparently, now some of those posts have been deleted. Lydia Lemire now deleted those posts. Uh, th- there are several posts that included discussing hormone replacement therapy. And then, obviously, you saw the posing of the wearing just a towel out of the, the shower. Um, a student who was in the class at King Middle School actually told her father, Mark Davey, that classmates at her school were discussing the posts. Because, again, this is what sixth graders would do if you put your handle your Twitter or TikTok or whatever social media handle you want to put onto the board. Yeah. Uh, according to the dad, Davey, he said that my daughter showed me group text messages where all the students were talking about it. Hmm. And her gender or sexuality has nothing to do with what, why I'm upset. He says the violation here is the sexualization of children. Yep. Fact check, true. Well, Why are you sexualizing children? Okay, there's a little bit of confusion here because this is what they do under the guise of health or sex education all across the country at almost every grade level. They might, they might just not show a teacher coming out of the shower with a towel on, but they, they show there's some pornography in school libraries. So, yeah, it, it is about sexualizing young children, and it, and it is happening. And so this, you know, this is just, to me, it's normal. It's like, okay, another teacher put stuff out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, but... It's our job here, as we do, right, 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 to point it out so it doesn't just become overly normal. Because for us, we see this every day, and unfortunately, parents, this may be the first time you're tuning in and watching Katie and David talk about all of the things that we unfortunately have to talk about every single day yeah. of things that are happening <laughs> in our school. But if this is the first time you're hearing about it, you need to be aware that this is happening all over the country in schools everywhere, big schools, little schools. Schools in urban settings, schools in suburban settings, schools yep. in rural settings. It's happening. Yep. And so now substitute teachers, even though Lemire passed, passed, was interviewed by the school and passed a criminal <laughs> background check, no one thought to look at social media accounts. Then again, you wouldn't think as an adult to put your TikTok handle or the fact that you have a TikTok onto yeah. the school board so that your the children can see the things you do when you're not in the classroom. But thankfully, he's out of the classroom. So that's that's one win for today. Yeah. All right, well, still to come, an Ohio couple comes up with a creative way of making their Airbnbs more attractive, thanks to a little nostalgia from two popular 90s sitcoms. Which ones are they? Well, this story's in my wheelhouse, so stay with us. 
If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows, plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. So a couple created television sets from very popular 90s shows. And I thought, boy, is this a waste of money or is this going to really, people are going nuts for this. But we're going to find out the sets that they're creating as Airbnbs are from Seinfeld and Friends. And we've got a little setup video to watch right away. Check it out. A fun hangout where you can actually like be in Monica and Rachel's apartment. Not just any rental, but the one with the friends. That's right, an Airbnb based off the iconic 90s sitcom right here in Cincinnati. We're like, we should do this. The minute he said, I started shopping. It's the brainchild of Brenda and Otto Baum. They already owned a building in Pleasant Ridge, and after detailed planning, they got to work in October. A lot of her stuff changes season by season. She has very specific like utensil holder on her stove and so I wanted to get that right. Finding the perfect pieces to make this a replica straight out of the TV. But it's not the only space. Pivot just next door and you can be the master of your domain. We're in Seinfeld right here. I love the show and I thought it'd be really fun to build the apartment. Props and decorations aren't the only things bringing the units to life. From fake walls to doors about nothing. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. So when you walk in, it, for, it sort of feels like you're on a stage. They've been recreated to a T. That's cool. That's cool. I don't care who you are. That's cool. Now, David. All right, youngster, let, would, would you spend whatever, however much it is to go and, and visit and stay there? Because it's, as you say, cool. It's cool. It's cool. Back in my day, we said cool. Uh, <laughs> I am parsimonious, so I probably would not pay the money, whatever it may be, to stay there. But maybe I would fantasize about me opening my own Airbnb theme to some of my other favorite TV shows. You could what do your ones own. they are? Well, let me tell you. Hmm. I would like to do a Gilmore Girls one. I don't even know what that is. Okay, here. I'm going to do one you definitely do know. Golden Girls. Okay. All right. All right. For but those of you who do not know, for those of you who do <laughs> not know about David's acting career, he got to meet the one and only Betty White. How did you get to meet her, David? I was on the show. <gasps> 1992. Maybe you can sign. A couple times I You was. could autograph a magazine that I would have. At your Airbnb. At my Airbnb. Weren't they working on it. that? Didn't I read that in the story, though? This These people were working they on the They are not. Shh. Oh. Uh, it's shh. my idea. What one would you do? Uh, pick, a pick a show? I don't know. Um, you don't just think about those things. <laughs> thought, this is what I, I do. Thought, this I is thought, so much fun. I thought Gilligan's Island. What are you going to do? Put a hut up <gasps> there? That would be a fun. That would be fun. You could put a hut, couple huts or something. Anyway. You could have the boat. No, but it's it's creative, and yeah, I guess the average person would probably think, oh, that's so cool, I watched that sitcom, whatever one it is, all through the... But uh, anyway, I'm just, I'm just kind of um, fed up with Hollywood and 
and all that anymore. That's but, why you're not a leading man in Hollywood yeah. right now. That's why I left. That's, That's why, why I moved from California A to Wisconsin. Woohoo! All right, well, make sure you're hitting that like button right now if you're watching us on social media. And hey, send us your feedback at stateeducated.org. Like, which shows would you want to basically recreate an for an Airbnb? All right, well, for David and myself, thank you for watching, thank you for listening, and thank you for supporting the show. Until next time, stay educated. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel, hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2023.